Welcome to the Men of Iron Podcast, equipping men for growth in your faith, family, friends, fitness, and finances. Check out menofiron.org to learn more about how you can get involved in or support the vision of changing a culture one man at a time. Thanks for listening. Here's your host, Chad Zook. Welcome to the Men of Iron Podcast. This is episode 69, and we are chasing the superhuman life with Frank Rich. My name is Chad Zook. I am the host of the Men of Iron Podcast. If you are brand new to the show, I want to say welcome. If you've been here for a while, I would say thank you for partnering with us. Frank Rich is an interesting guy. You're going to hear that in this podcast episode. I spent about half of this podcast episode talking or just listening rather to Frank's testimony and just his testimony of what he did and then also how his faith in Christ now informs his work and how his life is different now because of his faith. So after living with and battling addiction, depression, anxiety for almost 20 years, Frank is on a mission to help men who are suffering with many of the same issues. He wants them to take back control of their lives through the power of faith and fitness. You're going to enjoy this one. Maybe you'll be a little bit uncomfortable with with the level and the details that he gives, talking about his porn addiction and his struggle. But here's the thing. Uh, Statistically, most men who are listening to this podcast either are currently struggling with porn or they have struggled with porn. So just because we, we delve into this, know that we do so carefully and thoughtfully, and yet it's also in a very helpful way. So you will uh, get a lot out of this podcast episode as you dig into Frank's story and you listen to his testimony and also the practical ways for you and I to have victory over the hardships of our life. And now, a word from our sponsors. This podcast episode is brought to you by Brookside Brothers, a full residential remodeler in the Lancaster area. They have been delivering quality craftsmanship for over 20 years. Following lifetime careers in residential construction, Troy and Todd Weaver formed Brookside Brothers in 1999. They grew up in the Mannheim community and much of their work has been done in those areas. They utilize an easy three-step process. They listen. They listen to your hopes and dreams to make them a reality for you. Then they collaborate. They partner with you, the client, to create effective solutions. And lastly, they build. But they build in such a way that you don't feel like a stranger in your own home throughout the building process. You can see a gallery of their work on Instagram at brookside.brothers on Instagram. Or you can also just go to their website, brooksidebrothers.com. In there, you'll be able to see some other things that they've done. And also, you can get a free quote. So check out Brookside Brothers. If you're needing a remodel, you need a a small addition, maybe your kitchen needs redone, a bathroom, uh, maybe it's a a mother-in-law suite, whatever it is that you need as far as your building and remodeling needs, they can do it. Brooksidebrothers.com is where you need to go for that. And if you love to support local businesses, like we love to support local businesses here at Men of Iron, then you maybe needed to give Brookside Brothers a call and tell them that Men of Iron sent you. This is the Men of Iron podcast, and today we have the pleasure of having on Frank Rich. Frank Rich is an author, entrepreneur, former bodybuilder, but he's still pretty swole, although it says former bodybuilder, and he is a men's health and recovery coach. He's been featured on USA Today, Ask.com, Fox, ABC, NBC, CBS, and 
the Men of Iron podcast. So here you go. Frank, welcome to the show. Hey, brother. Great to be here. Thank you. Yeah, I'm so uh, grateful to be connected with you. You and I connected through a mutual friend, Josh Cacciatorian. And Josh and I recorded a little while back and we drummed up a great conversation that led us to have a conversation and then a follow-up conversation that we recorded. And you can actually listen to that on, uh, on Frank's podcast, actually. And that is episode 71 of The Superhuman Life. And that is titled Becoming a New Kind of Man. So I had the pleasure of being on Frank's show and I reciprocate that. Frank has some great things to say to us today. So let us know some things about you, Frank, who you are. I've just given, you know, the 30,000 foot view of your life, but there's so many more components to it. Who are you and what makes you tick? Yeah. Wow. Um, I mean, in addition to that, to that intro, which I guess it should be former competitive bodybuilder because, you know, I wrote an article actually got published. Maybe I published it on my own side. I don't remember, but it was, are you a bodybuilder? And I really tried to, you know, shift the paradigm of how people view, you know, bodybuilding. Like, you know, I, I looked at somebody and I still probably do do to this day as, as a bodybuilder, somebody that, you know, utilizes training of any, you know, of any aspect, whether it's resistance training, you know, hypertrophy, muscle building, which has kind of been my area of expertise and special, you know, specialty for the last decade plus um, as a way to change and alter your physique. But even, you know, I think with, with some of the things that we talked about in our conversation, you know, the reading and, you know, how are you evolving and growing mentally? Um, you could probably even look at that as a, as a, as a way of bodybuilding as well. Like if you're utilizing this thing to, to further grow and evolve, like you're just not stuck and stagnant in, in, in the same place. So yeah, I mean, um, born and raised in, in Tampa, Florida, uh, you know, been an entrepreneur really since I understood the concept of, of money, you know, going back to, uh, the, the elementary school bus, you know, I can remember having my mom take me to the grocery store and buying, you know, boxes of, of, of candy bars uh, and selling them on the back of the bus for, you know, a quarter piece, five for a dollar type type of thing. Um, really quickly understood, like, you know, how to create value, how to make your own money. Uh, started a small little landscaping business when I was 12, 13 years old, literally pushed to my dad's lower and lawn and, and we eat around the neighborhood, just knocking on people's doors. You know, this is prior to kind of the landscaping industry, which I don't know how it is up in Georgia, but down here in Tampa, Florida, the landscaping industry is, a I mean, it's a multi, you know, million dollar. I have friends that run, you know, seven figure businesses cutting people's grass. So I was doing this when I was 12, 13 years old, not making that kind of money, but, um, I, 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 I think maybe why that's important. It's, 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 I've always just been driven. I've always been driven to succeed, to create value, uh, to create, you know, meaningful things for other, for other people. Um, so with all that, you know, the entrepreneurship, the bodybuilding, the self-development, personal growth. I mean, I don't know if, if, if this video will go out, um, but people looking behind can see that, you know, um, I'm, I'm, a student of, of knowledge, a student of information. I've been, you know, in the self-development personal, you know, personal growth space since I was 20, 21 years old, just always have been fascinated with learning, growing, evolving, and then applying. Um, so that's all kind of like the good kind of shiny stuff. Like what do you tell people when they, when they first meet you, you know, you kind of give them in the highlight reel of, of successes while all that was going on, you know, I struggled with, with addiction you know, for, for 20 plus, 20 plus years. Um, you know, I think what we'll talk a lot about today is, is, is my struggles and issue with pornography because that's the work that I'm doing today. Um, but addiction was something that was deeply rooted in, in my family. 
So growing up, you know, I saw, I saw my dad struggle with alcohol. I saw my dad struggle with other substances. I saw other men in my family struggle with alcohol, depression, and, 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 and even suicide. So from a very young age, I began to kind of create this identity about myself that there was something broken. Uh, there was something different from what I saw, you know, maybe, you know, saw it through television or saw it through other people that I personified as like successful or happy family or whatever. And then I saw myself and I saw the environment that I was, that I was growing up in. And I just, I just didn't really understand what makes them different. Like, why am I, why am I broken? Why are we over here a little bit overweight, unhappy? Why does our family have these, have these addiction issues? Um, so, you know, my issues with drugs, alcohol and all that stuff, I mean, really started to kind of manifest in high school, um, went through a short little, you know, or I went through a, a break in, in, in my family. Uh, you know, my, my parents, they were amazing. Like I, I, I love them both to this day and I don't want anything I say to come across like I'm, you know, I'm anti my parents or I hold anything against them. Um, but they had their own issues, you know, individually and, and together. Um, and that created somewhat of a toxic environment in our home. Mm. So there wasn't a lot of love. There wasn't a lot of, um, you know, just, just sharing of love in the home. So at 15, when they split, uh, it was kind of my opportunity to, to kind of throw two fingers up at them and say, I'm going to go do this kind of on my own. So from a very young age, 15, 16 years old, kind of started taking care of myself. Um, you know, and that led me kind of down, down a very destructive path, um, bringing it back to, to probably really where you want to focus on today. Um, my introduction to porn was like most young men, you know, at a very young, uh, and an unprepared age. So probably six or seven is when I was first exposed to it. Um, I'm, I'm 37 for people out there that are listening to kind of provide some context. Uh, this is pre, you know, pre-internet, you know, pre-streaming pornography that we have today. So it was, you know, your typical kind of hustler magazine. Um, but I just came fascinated with it, you know, right from the first time seeing it, which most young boys do. You don't understand it. Um, you know, something feels different when you look at it. Um, and I think without maybe that's that right type of household where I felt comfortable to talk about things that I was uncomfortable with, I just bottled it all up in, inside carry that with me, you know, all the way through high school and, 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 and into my 20s. Um, so around the time of 15 or 16, that's when we got dial up uh, internet, you know, I can remember literally like the first day of having the internet, like finding naked pictures and downloading them. And back then it was like, it took minutes to download a picture like, you know, you, you, you'd see half of a boob. And by the time you're done with it, you were you were finished, but that's a 15 year old boy. Um, but, but once again, you know, never really having the conversations about right and or wrong. Um, what do you do when, when you're not feeling, uh, you know, proper about things? I once again, just bottled it all up inside. So in my early twenties, I was working for a, a, a T-Mobile dealer. Um, so I was one of the first people to have a Blackberry device. And at this time it now gave me streaming internet, you know, in my pocket, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And that's really when I would probably say my true addiction with pornography started, you know, around 21 or 22. Um, you know, at that point, obviously all the sites were up on, you know, on your laptop and whatnot, but I, I, I began very early knowing I had a problem. I mean, in my early twenties, like I knew I had an issue with it. Like there was, uh, there was no reason I would leave social environments, go into public bathrooms to look at porn and, and masturbate. Um, I wasn't really aware of, of the real effects I was having on me. I just thought that, 
you know, maybe I'm just more sexually, you know, like I have a higher sex drive than other people. And that's why I need this. These were kind of the, the conversations I was having. Sure, the justifying. That we give yeah. Trying to, trying to ration, trying to rationalize, uh, rationalize it myself. Um, you know, and, and, and then in my, you know, mid to late twenties, I'd say it probably started to manifest more of a problem in relationships. Um, so I was dating a girl. I remember in my, my mid twenties, um, that she, you know, she would go look up my history, like on my computer and it just caused massive fights. Like, why are you looking at this? It's cheating, this and that. And, and once again, my rational brain is like, it's not cheating. It's just pictures. You know, you're crazy. Forget this, forget that. Um, you know, obviously I, I understand it more now than, than I ever did back then. But, um, that led me to, to actually get a private computer. So I would never have to deal with that problem again. So this will come back, uh, later on in, in, in the story, but, um, yeah, I think, you know, through my twenties and, and early thirties with all the accomplishments, you know, competitive bodybuilding, um, you know, having success in the corporate world, you know, I, I started doing sales training and leadership coaching in my early twenties. Um, just once again, kind of, kind of setting a tone for a lot of the things that I'm doing today. Like those, um, those lessons were being taught to me at a very, very young age. So I was, I was succeeding in one part of, of my life, you know, financially, corporate, socially, bodybuilding, like I had this ideal that I was projecting out into the world. And at the, on the same time, I'm kind of fat fighting all these internal battles, you know, struggling with drugs, alcohol and pornography, you know, really at a, at a deep, dark level. Um, when I was 30, so 2013, I, I launched my first call it called real business. Um, so this was 2013. Uh, it was a company called Ticket Builder. Uh, we were a competitor with StubHub, Vivid Seats. You know, so I was a, a reseller of of tickets, um, concerts, sporting events, theaters. Um, had quite a bit of success in in the first couple of years. You know, did a few million dollars um, in in sales through through that company. This created a problem though because this was my first time. You know, being kind of an at home work for yourself entrepreneur, which basically gave me unlimited free time. So you know, my days would be a couple hours of work and you know eight to ten hours of consuming porn. Um, you know, all at the same time, you know, like I said, I'm doing the bodybuilding, competing, you know, very, very active socially. So I was really, you know, kind of living these, these two opposing, opposing lives. Um, that company ended up kind of going under, um, and I, and I foresaw it coming sooner rather than later. Um, so in late 2016, I hired a business coach. I was ready to kind of take my expertise of fitness you know, I'd been at that point competing for a decade, had quite a bit of success, had done some personal training, had had some client client wins, but I wanted to scale it to a bigger audience. Uh, so I hired a business coach to help me take it online, you know, like build an online fitness business for, for lack of a better word. Mm -hmm. um, and in this, in this business coaching, um, I got to attend a, a mastermind. I mean, I, I, I didn't know at the time anything about masterminds other than what Napoleon Hill talks about in Think and Grow Rich, but my first time going into an environment, going into a room with other like-minded individuals, talking about business, sharing ideas, breaking each other down, providing real feedback and in, in, in real growth. And it was in that first mastermind, which was July of 2017 up in Toronto, um, that I got connected with our mutual friend uh, that you mentioned at the, at the top of the show, Josh Kashadorian. Um, so this group was, was very unique. And still to this day, I really look at it as kind of the catalyst uh, for turning my life around because I joined it for business advice. I joined it to learn how to start and grow an online fitness business. What I ended up getting uh, 
through this group was an introduction to to Jesus. Um, and this is really where my, you know, my, my testimony starts. Um, so in this room, you know, the guy running it was, you know, was a business coach, but he was very open with, with sharing his faith. And I'd never been around somebody that talked so openly about it. You know, like I said, my home, you know, growing up, we didn't really come from a religious background. I think I probably went to VBS maybe once or twice as a young kid. And it was always kind of a way just to like get us out of the house um, you know, during summer, like we didn't, we didn't bring anything home. We didn't talk about it. So I had this weird kind of, you know, view and perception of, of church. It's something that, you know, for me was just a time waster. Um, and, and like I said, I didn't really, you know, have friends or anything growing up that were in it. Um, so when I joined this group and, and just openly saw people integrating it in with their business, it was something that was very intriguing to me. It was like, oh, wow, this is, this is really strong, you know, so, so strong in his beliefs that he's willing to integrate it in, into his business. Um, and then the men that I met there, you know, Josh being one of them, there's a, you know, there's another group of handful of guys that I now connect with here in Tampa on a weekly basis. Um, they just welcomed, you know, they just welcomed me into their world. You know, it started, uh, like I said, we were all in the fitness space. So it started really just us having workouts, you know, weekly workouts. And then, you know, those workouts led to workouts and lunch and then workouts, lunch and hang out with our family on the weekends. And there was something different about this group. You know, like I said, I came from, you know, I came from a family that struggled with addiction, you know, nobody ever really pursuing goals, you know, just kind of living a mediocre life, you know, settling, complaining, you know, victim, victim mentality, victim mindset, like, this was the environment that I was that I was brought up in. But I knew that there was something else that I wanted, like I was able to articulate this from a very young age, like, I don't want to live this life that seems to be the trend in my family. I want this other way of living. I just didn't have any examples. Um, so I'm 35, you know, 33, 34 years old, I get introduced to, you know, a group of men that are all living that style of, of, of life. And they just with open arms, just welcomed me in. It was like, Oh, wow, this is this is so amazing. So over like a year and a half of spending time with these guys, I couldn't put my finger on it. I was like, there's something different about all of them. Like they're all succeeding in their business. Like they're getting favor. Like everything is going amazing for them. Their families are so strong. They're the leaders of their household. They're doing community service. They're loving each other. Literally like saying, I love you to each other. Like guys, I was like, there's, there's something different about all of them. I don't know what it was. Um, and at the time, you know, so I'm about a year, year and a half to my fitness business. And it's literally the wheels are just spinning. Like nothing is catching, nothing is taking traction. I was doing okay, you know, having some, some success with our clients, but it wasn't scaling in the way that I really wanted it to. And I can remember this is September, 2018. I was living with a girlfriend at the time and we're both kind of like, you know, but like banging our heads up against the wall, like not really making a lot of traction in life. And I just remember one late one night just being like, Steph, I don't know what else to do. Like this business is not taking off. Maybe we need to try like going to church or something. Um, just kind of like threw it out there. And she's like, okay. Like, you know, she had been raised Catholic and kind of, kind of walked away. She's like, I'll support you in anything you want to do. Um, I don't know why you're saying this, but okay. Um, and this is really, you know, this is really crucial because A, I didn't take action on it right away, which, you know, when you have a feeling like that or thought like that, like act upon it. And, and, and that's God usually calling you to, you know, for something. Um, but about a month, month and a half go by. And that's when I, I connected with Josh again. Well, Josh and I had stayed, stayed in touch since the first meeting in July. We had spoken probably weekly 
over that entire year. So he knew everything that was going on because for some reason I was very open with him. I was dealing all the struggles. He was, you know, coaching me in certain ways. Um, and he shares me, he's like, Hey, I'm coming down to Orlando, which is about an hour, hour and a half from where I live in, in Tampa. He's like, why don't you make the trip over? We'll hang out for the day. I was like, okay, this is, this is great. I'm going to hang out with one of my, you know, one of my best friends. So I drove over there thinking I was just going to kind of have a typical, you know, lunch conversation, talk business, talk marketing, talk life with Josh. He came with a completely different, different objective. So um, we literally sit down in, in downtown Orlando at a, at a steakhouse that's, that sits on church street. 17 church street is actually the address. Um, we sit down at our booth and he's like, he's like, can I ask you something? And I was like, he's like, sure. He's like, He's like, hey, what's your relationship with your father? And he's like, what do you know about Jesus? And I was like, <laughs> so we're going back. there. Okay. I was like completely taken back. But here's the unique thing, because just a month prior, I had kind of, you know, I'd kind of been been searching. So at this point, like I was ready, like I was ready to, uh, to, 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 to hear this. So we sat there for, you know, two, two and a half hours. And he just shared the entire, entire gospel with me, explained to me, you know, who Jesus was, what he did. Um, and asked me if I was ready to, you know, accept him in, into my life, um, which I was. So we walked outside, you know, outside the, the steakhouse. There's a history museum, you know, prayed together for the first time. I accepted Jesus. This is October 22nd, 2018. Um, now, at this point in my life, like I said, things weren't really going too well on the business side. I had one business that I had already, you know, gone under and was in a six-figure debt trying to recover from that. And the other business was barely making ends meet. Um, so I was pretty deep into drinking at that point, probably drinking five, six days a week as a, as a fitness professional, which is not a good look. Um, and then consuming porn, you know, multiple, multiple times a day. Um, but I had Jesus and I'd been saved. So I was like, okay, this is, this is, this is good. This something's good going to come out of this, but I didn't really know what to expect. Like, I didn't really know what was going to come next. So a few months go by, you know, Josh is like, are you getting in the word? Have you found a church? I end up finding a church in you know, right around the, the, the turn of the year. So right around New Year's of, of 2019. This is also when I decided I needed to do a rapid, dramatic physical transformation. Like I said, I'd been a fitness professional, but I'd really let myself go. Um, so that January, I, I started what is called the carnivore diet, um, which is basically meat, meat only diet. And the only reason I did it because I said, this is going to be the easiest thing for me to do. And I'm going to, you know, have the most dramatic transformation what I didn't realize is how it was going to make me feel and how crystal clear I was going to get mentally. So I went through, you know, quite a significant transformation, lost 21 pounds in 30 days in January. Um, gave up drinking, you know, quit, quit drinking coffee, just really kind of, you know, kind of committed myself to a lot of new disciplines. Um, as January, you know, rolls in, rolls into February, like, I'm beginning to kind of feel like a, a change in my life. And it's like, okay, like, like God is working through me, like cleaning this up, cleaning that up, you know, really, really looking at, at where I need to, to improve. And um, I guess it really, it really brought us to, to kind of the final straw, which would have been uh, February 14th. So Valentine's day of 2019 with that same group of guys that I was talking about that we'd work out with every, every Thursday, I'm sitting outside of the gym one day after a workout with one of the guys that, that trains there, Zach, and we're just having a conversation. Um, and he starts telling me about some breathing exercises that he's doing to help him deal with his sexual urges and, and kind of harness some of the sexual energy. And I was like, why are you doing this, Zach? He's like, well, it's really helping me, you know, fight my porn addiction. 
Now, this was the first time I ever heard another guy talk about his issues with pornography. Wow. By that point, it had been a few months, you know, that I had kind of uh, been looking into it. And like I said, I knew for two decades that I had a problem, but I just kind of started to research, you know, watch some of Gary Wilson's uh, talks on your brain on porn. So I had an understanding of, of how it was kind of hijacking my brain, but I never had anybody else talk to me about their own issue. And it was, it was something really powerful because by him openly talking about his struggles, it's like this massive weight kind of lifted off my chest where now I felt freedom to talk about what I'd been going through. And That's I made a about point. That's a big point for men because a lot of men actually never actually get to that place. They may know the right thing to do or mm. they struggle with, with or porn addiction or another addiction or just honestly, maybe they just struggle and knowing what they're doing is not working, but yet they haven't changed whatever that, that rhythm or whatever that system of belief is or practice. And I think that's a very common thing for guys. And, and unfortunately, not every guy has that opportunity to where they, where they go beyond, oh, I know the right thing to do, to actually having the weight come off to have the freedom to talk about it. And especially something as sensitive as porn addiction. I, I think that's probably the most sensitive thing that a guy can really talk about with another guy. And yet every single guy who's listening to this has had some exposure to porn. They're either currently addicted or they've had porn exposure. I think I'm not positive, but I think the statistic now of that the earliest porn exposure, I think is at five years old. I think if, if I'm, if I'm correct. So no, just because of, and, and I even think that that could go even creep a little lower just because of access to phones and because kids having some kids having no, no boundaries around phone or tablet or whatever, you know, uses of or use of their devices. So you have a gift. I mean, honestly, that's a gift for you to get to the place to where somebody is vulnerable with you. So they go there first and guys, listen, as you're listening to this, listen to what Frank's saying, that guy, actually, he was experiencing freedom and a guy that experiences freedom will naturally want to help another guy to experience freedom. And so that's what happened with you. That's, that's a wonderful gift that, that you had and you probably didn't even realize it at the time. So true. And, and, and I, and I love the way that you, you know, you, you articulated that. And I think that's, I think that's a part of what drives me today. You know, I think that's a part of why I'm so passionate about a just coming on and having these conversations um, because you're right, you know, maybe there's some, maybe there's a guy listening and he's been thinking about this and he's like, I had this issue going on, but I don't know who I can talk to. Maybe he doesn't have a Zach in his life. Maybe he doesn't have a Frank in his life yet, but here is your opportunity. Here is your call by us. Maybe having this conversation, it gives somebody the freedom. It gives somebody the strength to maybe begin to look for that person. So I'm so fired up and passionate about having these conversations. And that's exactly what I tell every single guy, you know, cause I do free consults with people that are interested in, in, in getting help. And I always start off with acknowledging them for reaching out. You know, you're taking the most important step today, whatever happens between us. If, if we decide that maybe our coaching isn't right for whatever reason, we're not a good fit financially, it's not feasible, whatever. There was something that happened just by us having this conversation. So I always acknowledge them for that. And I always let them know that everything we talk about is safe. Like if anything, I can provide a safe place where we can have these open conversations. And that's why I'll share all the details. Like I'm not going to hold anything back. Any question you ask me today about my past, what I've gone through, things that I've done, I'll share it. You know, I'm giving you kind of, you know, highlight reel of my life, but I'll go deep into any of these because I'm not ashamed of it. 
you know, I've, I've, I've gone through it. And if me talking about my struggles, if me talking about what I've gone through, give somebody else the strength, give somebody else the freedom to then maybe seek out help in their life, then, then my job is done. That's all I'm here, here to do. You know, I'm in the same boat. I mean, what got me doing what I do now with Men of Iron, but with my prior podcast and the work that I've done for, I don't know, 18, 17, 18 years working with men, either at the local level or now, you know, even beyond that, it's much in the same way that you're talking about. Like I've experienced some freedom. I've, I don't ever consider myself addicted to pornography, but I was addicted to attention. I can tell you that. Mm. Uh, and I think that, you know, I, that's really one of the kind of lanes I want to go into of, you know, I think all of us struggle with something. We all do. We all limp through life and we struggle with something. Mm. And what got me into being able to be on this podcast with you, Frank, and having this conversation is me experiencing in my own way what you experienced in your own way. Yours through, through porn addiction and porn recovery. And now you're helping men to do that and to be able to become more physically fit and all that's tied together. And yet for me in this podcast and all the other work that I do and speaking and, and the coaching that I've done, everything else of just encouraging guys is in the same way. I've, I've gone through some battles and by God's grace, I, I've gotten, I've gotten some marks, you know, I'm not perfect coming out of this. I'm still not perfect, but yet I'm willing to talk about all my shortcomings. I'm willing to talk about mm. my failures. I'm willing to talk about my successes so that it would help somebody else on their journey. I want to, I want to go back into your story just a little bit because you glossed over something that I think is really, really helpful and really powerful. And you talked about early in, in the age of 15 to 16, and you talked about, you know, kind of finding weightlifting and, and work and the hustle and, and, you know, starting in your first business, even younger than that, I think you said at the age of 12, cutting grass, pushing the mower and the weed eater. I so connect with that. I, I lived in Illinois growing up, did the exact same thing, would bring a shovel and then was just trying to hustle during the, during the winter months, of like shoveling sidewalks and, and driveways to just make a little money. I totally get that. And I think a lot of guys who listen to this podcast will get that too. But what do you say to the guy who's maybe he, he hasn't come to the terms that or hasn't come to understand where he truly is like you did in your thirties. He's the guy you were somewhere in your twenties to where he's chasing fitness because he wants to look good. And, and that, that looking good is trying to pr basically present himself in such a way that people won't really know who he really is. What do you say about that guy? What do you say about that guy who's successful at business and yet there's an, another area of failure in his life? He's, he's maybe failing at home. Maybe it is porn addiction. Maybe it's, he's struggling. I realize you're not married, but maybe he's struggling at home with his wife and with his kids. And yet he goes to work and he's the, he's the six figure guy. He's the strong five figure guy. He's the one that, you know, who has the corner office and all, gets all the accolades at work. And yet he's trying to live off of those accolades. And yet, He's failing at home. What do you say to that guy? How could you encourage him to get out from where he is to get him to where God wants him to be? Yeah, that's such a great, such a great question. I mean, I can, I can definitely resonate and connect to the guy that's, that's chasing the, the ideal physique because he thinks it's going to bring him something that it's ultimately not like this was, this is, this is my story of getting into bodybuilding, you know, growing up insecure, didn't want to take my, my shirt off when I was 12 years old because I thought, you know, the, the 13 year old girl was going to look at me and be like, why is this fat kid got his shirt off? Yeah. So I bottled that up and, and then I chased perfection. I chased physical perfection. Literally what I did is I, I, I built a shield from the inside to, to the outside world. Like my identity was so wrapped up in how big I was, 
how lean I was, how strong I was. Like if I wasn't the biggest, strongest, leanest guy in a room, even at 30 years old, six foot three, 250 pounds, if there was somebody bigger, leaner, or stronger, I felt insecure. Like literally like, like I didn't even want to have a conversation. I need to go into a different room where I'm the biggest, strongest, strongest guy. So I can definitely resonate with, with that. What do I say to, to that person, to that man that's chasing external things? I mean, you would probably articulate this better than, 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 than I could, but I think you got to find, like, you got to find your identity. Like, who are you really? You're not really the seven figure earner. You're not really the corner, corner office guy, you know, spend some time, some quiet time. And you talk a lot about, you know, spending some time in, in, in quiet and solitude and get clear on, on what do you want? Not what do you want today? Not what do you want tomorrow? What do you want the story of your life? What do you want people to say? when you're gone, like imagine your funeral, like what are conversations that people are having about you? Nobody cares about the car that you drove. Wow. Nobody cares about the office that you're sitting in. Nobody cares about how many bodybuilding trophies that you won. They care about how you made them feel. They yeah. care about, you know, your, your children and remember, you know, the memories of trips and vacations and how dad was present, you know, while I was trying to ride my bike, not dad, you know, bought me the most expensive bike. Dad was there when I was trying to learn. Dad picked me up when I fell. So I think if anything, you know, try to, and, and, and this can be hard because to think about the end of your life is scary. Mm -hmm. um, but I think if you could envision like, like what are the conversations you want people to have when you're gone? And then once you have that, if you're not living in alignment with that, then it's time to, to start doing some work. Maybe it's time to start cutting back on some things. Maybe it's time to just kind of reestablish what you're really trying to create. And it can be hard because like we live in this material, you know, we live in, we live in, a in the flesh, but then we live in this world where status and success is all, you know, it's all measured by who has the most, who's got the biggest house, who's got the newest car, who's got the nicest suit, who's got the, you know, the newest pair of Yeezys or whatever the shoes are that people are wearing nowadays. So, so you're, 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 you're you're living where this, this is what people are telling you is, is the real symbol of success. But I think if you could really look inside and, and, and be like, what am I, what am I here for? What am I trying to create? And, and what do I want people, what legacy do I want to live? You know, I talked, I had a podcast going all the way back to like episode seven or eight talked about living your legacy, not mm -hmm. thinking about the legacy of something that's here beyond the time that you're gone but establish what you want that legacy to be and then begin to show up in that legacy and live it every single day. Hmm. So I think maybe that could help somebody that's, that's going through something like that right now. At least that's I a good word. I, you know, I just had this mental image. Sometimes <laughs> this is how my mind works. I just had this mental image of a legacy is, is going to be revealed. Who you are is really going to be revealed as if you're driving in a car with your family. If you're a family person or you have your friends, you're in your car. Like who you are is going to be found out. Think about a long trip, right? So you're just mm. tracking along. You're on the interstate, rolling, seeing whatever there is to see, but you are yourself over a span of time because you can't hide after a while. You spend hours in a car, the real you is going to come out, right? It's just going to. You get uncomfortable. So that is that, in essence, is going to be how your lived out legacy. But many of us, we think that our legacy is what we throw up on a billboard on that journey. So it's just kind of like, oh, that's, that's who I want to be. Look at the billboard. Don't look at me. Look at the billboard. That's what I want you to see. That's, that's who I want you to think that I am. Uh, I want you to think that I'm that guy and that guy and that guy. And, you know, it's, it, you know, it's kind of a, a morbid thing that I, I've said from time to time, but it's just kind of like 
one of those things that makes you, you know, it makes you kind of stop and kind of like get, be present in the moment. And I say this, I said, people are going to stand up and say nice things about you when you die, but you can control if it's true. Mm. They're going to. We've been there, right? I mean, I, I've been there. I've, I've had to say these words and like look for positive words to say. And people want you to say positive things about others after they pass away, but you can control today. You can start controlling today mm. if what they say is true. To me, that's like, it's like speaking into what you're talking about here. It's, yeah, that's legacy. That's who you really are. And in the real, that's, the raw, the vulnerable and, and, and the great. That's, that's powerful. And not only can you control whether or not if it's true by what you do today, but how many people are going to say nice things about you. Your family is, is going to be there. You know, your mom, dad, brother, sister, like if they're still around, like, yeah, they're going to, you know, your cousins, uncles, you know, friends, close people that you spent time with. But one of the things that I can remember, you know, Gary V talking about from, you know, I don't, I don't follow a lot of Gary anymore, but he was somebody I definitely followed, you know, coming up in the entrepreneurship space is he, you know, he measures his success by how many people are at his funeral. You know, how many people's lives has he touched? You know, you and I are so fortunate and blessed to, you know, to have our shows and have everything we're creating to where we can, you know, reach thousands, hundreds and, and millions, you know, hundreds of thousands and millions of people through all the work that we're doing. So knowing that that impact is, is around the world globally, but you know, even if you're just somebody that's working in the corner office, like what impact are you having in the community? What impact are you having at church? What impact are you having in your kids' schools and, 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 and at that? So I think, that's, that's, that's powerful. Super powerful. Yeah. And you know, with us being so, so wired, right. We're such a wired community and you and the online fitness space and coaching and helping men through you know, porn recovery or recovering from porn addiction, like doing all these things. I think that there's also this persona that we could easily have digitally. That's not true of who we really are. So mm. I think there in what you're talking about is doing the work in the community. And I think, you know, this is one of the, I think, a key elements to becoming a great man. I mean, you can become a man uh, just by growing in your maleness, right? You have male genitalia. You're going to be a man through, through puberty. But what we do today can determine if we're a good man or if we're good at being a man. And mm. I think that the way to becoming a good man is through service to others. This is what Jesus talked about. When the when there was some squabbling over who could be great and who would be able to sit at the right you know sit at the right hand of of God and saying oh who could who could have the, the prime seats next to you in eternity and and in that passage it was Jesus says those who want to become great basically be, paraphrase must learn to serve so I think that there's a deep seated call of every man that wants to become great they they really do and I think that we can become so enamored with with who we're trying to be by throwing up the billboard to say i'm great because i'm great because i'm great because instead of the identity piece that we talked about and also service out of identity because that i believe and and again i'm it's i realize it's my show and you're my guest but i'm kind of like still in the show here but to me that's really what it means to be a great man what would you add to that frank i mean not a whole lot that you haven't, haven't already said. I mean, I can speak, you know, personally about what it feels like to, to kind of live that parallel, you know, life. I talked about it, you know, just in my, in my twenties and thirties, you know, having success, you know, corporate world and, and with bodybuilding. And then when it got online, it's like, I just poured gasoline on it. So I became a, you know, 
I don't like to use the word influence or public figure, you know, whatever, but I had a following where people were following the content I was putting online. So even when I was just only doing fitness stuff back, you know, 2016, 2017, 2018, when it was all about building your best body, there was a, you know, there's an undercarriage of self-development, like build this body so you can live this great life. So I'm, you know, I'm projecting out into the world a that I had everything figured out inside of me. And, you know, like I've shared that I don't. Um, and, and still to this day, there's things that I struggle with, but I, I had this struggle daily where projecting, you know, through social media, like this perfect physique, this perfect life, like all the answers, no real issues. And it literally broke me. Like it broke me to the point where I look in the mirror and it's like, you are a fraud. You're an absolute fraud to the world because you're hiding your addiction to pornography. You're hiding, you're drinking, you're hiding all these issues that are going on in your life. Like I literally had to share that just to get free, free from it. So I don't know if I could add anything to what's already been said other than I've experienced what that feels like and crumbling underneath it. Hmm. You know, one of the things when I was doing some research for the show, I, I, I ran across something on your page, one of your two pages, which we'll link in the show notes, but I was looking at it and you had a mention there about being fully integrated and it, and it was just, you know, you're not prepped for this. We're just we're reeling raw right now, but I'm just yeah. going to put this out there. What does it take to become fully integrated? Mind, body, and and soul spirit you know and and the mind body thing has it's it's something that i've really grown in my understanding the past few months um so you know shameless plug here i got to interview dr caroline leaf on my podcast you know a few months ago and, and her work you know on her that. work for the She's yeah amazing. thank you her yeah her work for the last 30 years has really been centered around this you know this mind body connection mind brain body connection um, and I can remember asking her, you know, very early in the show, you know, from the way that she was answering some of the questions, I was like, so, because she talks about the difference between the brain and, and the mind, how the brain is the, you know, the physical, you know, part in your brain and the mind is kind of everything else around you. Like your mind is, makes up 99% of who you are. And I asked her the question, I was like, so, you know, Dr. Leaf is, is, is what you're saying, because the way that she was explaining it really made it feel like, like she's studying the human soul, the whole, the human spirit said, so is your work centered around, like, is the mind, the actual spirit of, of the human? Like, is there, is there something spiritual to this? And she, she said, absolutely. Um, so I've really had to kind of, you know, cause a lot of, for the longest time I did it too, I would use mind and brain interchangeably. Um, but I think for me being fully integrated, at least in the work that I do and probably the context of the way that I, I was framing that, that post, um, you know, guys come to me with a very specific issue, you know, very clear on, on the men that I work with, they're struggling with pornography, but our integrated approach, it's, it's, we, we look at it from a fitness standpoint. So your, your addiction is living in your body. Like you, you're a physical being right now. So you have a physical body. So the addiction is living in there. It's hijacked your brain, but it's also taken over, you know, your mind or your soul or your spirit. So I always say like, with the coaching that I do, you know, whether or not the guy's a Christian or not, or whether or not he's got that in his life, we need to attack it from two different ways. We need to attack the spiritual battle, you know, and this is where church, you know, does an amazing job. I think they missed the boat on the other side of the things. And this is why there's such a high rise of men in, in the church that are still struggling with it. So we need to address it spiritually. We need to understand we need to be in God's word. We need to be praying over this. We need to be praying for strength, discipline. We need to be asking for forgiveness on our behaviors. 
but that's not it. We can't just throw a Bible verse on a porn problem and think it's going to go away. So we got to integrate it by attacking it spiritually, but you also have to attack it in the flesh. And I think understanding that the brain, uh, the brain has been hijacked. So there literally has been taking control over, you know, over of your brain. There's a physical dependency to some of these things. So we need to look at it from a training standpoint. How do the foods that we eat, the nutrition, supplementation, sleep schedule, building habits, routines. So I think when I talk about integrated, it's, 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 it's attacking it from both the physical world and then the spiritual battle as well. Yeah. And I'm glad you said that, you know, the, the, that's kind of the tendency I think in, in the church space is a lot of, a lot of times I think pastors don't necessarily know what to do. So what they, what they do is they kind of have these, these verses then in with them and the power of God, there's a lot of, there's power there, of course. Mm -hmm. But I think there's a lot of times pastors, particularly or men in church, they may, they themselves may struggle with porn addiction or 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 maybe not quite to addiction, but porn usage, and so they don't know what to do. So what they do is, uh, I'm just I know what oh I know what I'm going to do. I'm just going to throw a verse out there and tell you to pray. So it but it and while that's important, I'm so thankful of of other you know, other even more secular books out there like Atomic Habits, James Clear, or The Power of Habit, Charles Duhigg, or a book that I'm, I'm reading right now called The Willpower Instinct by Kelly McGonigal. It's, it's just, it's so interesting when you kind of map this out in, in the habitual way, in the physical habitual way, and the spiritual, because it's, it is a spiritual problem. And, and obviously there's a spiritual component because there's a stronghold that's, that, that needs to be broken, that keeps people captive, but also we have, you know, if somebody is caught in any sort of unhealthy pattern, they have lived their life and they've habituated themselves around that stronghold. So to be fully integrated in that way, I love, I love the, the element of recovery there. And you just being honest to say that it isn't some just some pithy, hey, just say this verse whenever you, you think these thoughts. Instead, it's like, hey, let's look at this. Let's look at this nutritionally, relationally. Physically, let's look at your location. Let's look at your fitness level. Are you sleeping at night? Because we know even in the power of sleep patterns, so many times sleep mm -hmm. patterns themselves can determine our effectiveness in life. Because, and we all know this even anecdotally, right? We don't need some scientists to tell us this. Are you the best version of yourself at 1030 at night? Most guys are not the best person. Mm. They're not the best version of themselves because they get tired. Uh, especially if you're an early riser like I am. So at 10.30, you're not getting the best version of, of me. Uh, I realize there's some guy, one out of 10, he's like, man, I come to life at night. All right, you're in <laughs> you are, and I, I, I'll give you props on that, but most guys don't. And I think it just speaks into what you're talking about. To be fully integrated is it, it takes more than just read a Bible verse and then, you know, let's just move on. That there's a lot of other things that need to, uh, needs to happen for a man to really live free from porn addiction or any. Absolutely. Yeah. No. And I, and, and yeah, I like to say all the time, you know, uh, willpower is nothing more. Willpower is an equation. You know, it's nothing more than having the necessary energy to make the proper choice when faced with a difficult decision. And just like you said, 1030 at night, low on energy, tired, weak, you know, you've, you're just exhausted from the day. That's when your willpower tends tends to slip. So if you understand that formula, how it works and how we can use nutrition and some of the other 
pools that we have, but how to hack your sleep so you're not as tired late, late into the evening. And just to add on top of that, you know, like just kind of praying for things to kind of, kind of go away. Yeah, I know, you know, God can always work miracles and, and, and he does, but everybody's experienced like the need to lose weight or go through a physical transformation. You don't just pray that you're going to wake up tomorrow skinny. No, you maybe pray for strength, discipline, maybe pray that the right person comes into your life to coach you through this process but then you still got to show up every day and build the habits you got to show up and Mm -hmm. go do your gym sessions and then control and and have willpower and discipline with your food so you know that's why you know i i i look at you know the coaching and training just in the same component like we got to help you build the proper habits and 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 you reference some some great books there as well so you know it's an interesting thing when you start talking about coaching because coaching is an important element to help somebody in the situation whether it's porn addiction, fitness, really coaching, business, executive coaching, whatever type of coaching, there's, you know, life coaches, spiritual coaches. Now in the day and age we live, there's coaches for everything. Mm -hmm. But it's a really interesting thing that you kind of mentioned though, because to some degree, and say it's a, it's a fitness issue and maybe somebody is obese or they're just not fit. They just don't have the willpower themselves to work out, but yet they know they need to. So they've at least taken the first step to maybe call a coach or to look upon a coach there's a really kind of neat things that ha- a neat thing that can happen to where maybe you don't have all the willpower to do it by yourself. IE you hired a coach, nothing wrong with that. And yet you operate off of that accountability, that embedded accountability with the coach. So you don't have the willpower, but the more that you do it, that's the key to willpower. The more you actually do the thing you're wanting to do, the more your willpower grows. And then the more in that, that, that you grow, the less you need the coach. It's just a, mm. a really cool dynamic that I've seen over and over and over. And, and maybe you touch in, you know, with the coach every once in a while or something like that, but the need just changes and that there's almost like a flywheel type of thing that happens to where the willpower then starts to take off. And then they, instead of identifying as somebody who is, is out of shape or struggles with pornography or is, who's, is going to be, you know, financially, uh, broke, you know, for the rest of their life, I'm always going to be poor. Instead, the flywheel turns that, that willpower to where then it becomes momentum. And then they start believing things about themselves. No, I'm a person that can live free from porn addiction. I'm a person mm. who, who is worthy of having wealth. I'm a person who's worthy of having good self-esteem. I'm, I'm a person that's worthy of having, uh, you know, a good sleep pattern, whatever the thing may be. And I think that that's an interesting thing about coaching. Uh, and I'm sure you've had many more experiences about this or with this than I have. And so as we wind down the show and uh, I want to give you an opportunity also to pitch the coaching that you do, like where people can find you, but also just speak into that dynamic about the value of coaching and, and that it's not a shame thing at all to get a coach. I think it's a great thing uh, when somebody reaches out to get a coach because that could put them on the pathway uh, to where they want to be. I think it's a necessary thing. Anytime I meet somebody, I'm like, you know, talk, they're talking about, you know, something they're trying to do or create in their life, something trying to achieve, you know, launch a new business, scale, you know, create a new, you know, uh, extension of their current business, go through a physical transformation. Time somebody tells me that you're trying to do something great. Who are you working with? What are they doing to get you there? Like, I, I truly think it's a necessary component for success. And just to add on, you know, to, 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 to what you said, I think something truly unique happens to the individual when they make that investment. 
in the coach. You know, Robert Cialdini talks about this in his book, Influence, about they were, you know, they were at a horse track and they were, uh, they had, you know, they had everybody pick a horse that they thought was going to win the race. And then they had half of them go like place a bet on the actual horse. And they were able to measure their confidence in the horse. And the people that put a bet, that didn't just pick the horse, but actually put a bet down and put their own money on the line, had more confidence in their own horse to win that race. Like there's something about our belief in ourselves when we invest in ourselves. You know, the Bible tells you somewhere in Matthew, you could probably, you know, give the exact scripture better than I can, but where your treasures go, your heart will follow. Yeah. And a lot of times I think churches use that as like a way to get tithing and stuff into, into the community. But you can lay it from a, you know, your treasures investing into yourself, your heart will follow in that belief of, can I actually do this? So I think if you've tried before on your own struggle, a, I don't know a single guy that's ever quit porn by himself. I don't think it's possible. I think you need multiple people. I think you need probably some coach accountability, maybe some mentor, maybe some expert, some therapy if there's you know some deeper rooted issues. And I think you also need brothers. You need you need fellowship and people that are on the same journey. So I think it's something where you need both. But making that small little investment, putting a little bit of skin in the game, whatever you want, whatever words you want to use, it creates this higher level of confidence higher level of belief in your own self is like, I can actually do this. And then just like you said, getting somebody on your corner, that's going to have that bonus accountability for you to know that, okay, I'm not in this fight all by myself. So, so yeah, I think, I think coaches are, are necessary. I know you have coaches, I have coaches in multiple areas of my life. That's gold. I really appreciate you dropping that encouragement. I know guys are going to listen to this and there's so much of this that they can apply. And that's really what we want here at the Mid of Iron Podcast, not to just listen, not something, you know, we're not just trying to tickle your, your fancy, tickle your ears. We actually hope that you find some of these things so that you can put them into practice. We believe that when you put these things into practice, you become a better man. And part of that journey that people may have is, is wanting to go out and reach out for a coach. And maybe they want to reach out to you, Frank. How can people connect with you follow, as a follow-up to this podcast? And tell us about your socials, because I know you're very active on Instagram, as I think where you and I are the most connected on Instagram mm-hmm. and also the website and the fitness side. So where can people find you? Yeah. Um, you know, best place to, to connect with me socially is, is on Instagram. It's at the superhuman Frank. Um, if you guys are into, you know, these long form podcasts, I, I host a weekly podcast show called the superhuman life. Um, we don't talk only about porn there. It's, it's, it's really a show just like this. It's a show for men that are looking through, you know, breakthroughs in, in multiple areas of their lives. So we talk faith, fitness, finance, family, and freedom. Those are kind of the five F pillars that we kind of, you know, dive into and dissect. Um, so it's a weekly show. It airs every Monday. Um, and then YouTube, you know, YouTube is, is a place that I'm very active um, doing daily, you know, daily videos right there, specifically around the topic of pornography. So if, if that is where you're looking to go more, you know, kind of insights, understanding, you know, uh, the neuroscience of it, how it's affect our brains, tips, strategies, you know, real practical stuff like daily videos, uh, the YouTube channels rebuild your life. And then, um, if you're looking for help, you know, if you're really struggling with this issue and, and, and are kind of seeking some steps, I do have a free book. Um, it's the seven step guide to living life without porn. Um, you can download that at, uh, the seven step guide.com. Just put your email address and, and we'll send you the book, uh, right away. But it, it really breaks down the practical application of, of how to design a life without pornography, because I think that's where ultimate freedom comes. It's, it's not with going X amount of days. It's, it's, it's not with counting a streak. So you have to design a life without it and then show up every day to live that life. Um, and that's, and that's really what I try to help guys do. 
Hey, thanks for coming on my show today. Really appreciate your vulnerability. Um, I realize that's so much of a catchphrase, but, but that it's just true uh, of you, you know, bringing the value of what you've gone through in your life. And now you're on the other side. You're trying to encourage all of us men to, to be able to have what you have and, and recover and have freedom, freedom from addictions, particularly porn. So go hit up Frank go about all these things. He's an expert. He's still in the fitness game. Um, just has some really cool videos out on the website. That'll all be in the show notes. Again, Frank, thank you so much for coming on the show. It's been my pleasure. Thank you. This Men of Iron podcast is brought to you by Men of Iron. If you're interested in getting involved in or supporting the vision of changing a culture one man at a time, or you simply want to know more about our Strong 27 mentorship experience, equilibrium retreats, Anchor Man video series, or Men of Iron Plus, go to menofiron.org.